It's always a pleasure and an honor to uh, preach the gospel. Uh, I do not ever take for granted that privilege um, and uh, count it a true honor that God would call me someone that was not raised in the Christian home, that was did not go to seminary, but still uh, loved me enough to change my life and allow me to share the testimonies that God has done in my life with everyone I can come in contact with. And, um, of course, I'm as guilty as everybody. I get so busy, and I forget to share the gospel from time to time, and we have to bring it back. And uh, remember, we still have a job to do on top of our daily jobs. And, you know, we live in a world that is so uh, fast-paced and uh, so caught up. We've also live in a world that's all about me, myself, I, above anybody else. Now, at least during Christmas time, which is upon us, we do start thinking about others. But all the rest of the time, we don't put others first. We don't think about other people and what they're going through and how we can help and change their lives. But that is not what Jesus done. From the time he stepped on this earth, he was all about changing someone else's life. So if you want to turn in your Bibles uh, over to Philippians chapter 2, we're going to be looking at verses uh, 1 through 18 tonight. And I have entitled this message, It's All About the Cow. It is all about the cow. Now, I'm not going to tell you what the cow has to do with the message just yet. We're going to go through the sermon. Then, at the end, I'll tell you how the cow works into our passage of Scripture tonight. So, starting in, uh, let's actually do a little bit of background on Philippians. Uh, you know, uh, the church of Philippi was founded by Paul and his team of co-workers, uh, Silas, uh, Timothy, and Luke, on a second uh, missionary journey in response to a God-given vision at trials. A strong bond of friendship developed between Paul and the Philippian church. Several times the church sent Paul financial help and contribution graciously to his offering for the trouble Christians in Jerusalem. It appeared that Paul visited the church twice during his third missionary journey. Also from prison, most likely in Rome, Paul wrote to the uh, Philippian church or Christians to thank them for their generous gifts and to up them, update them on his present circumstance. In the letter, Paul assured the congregation that God's purpose was being worked out through his imprisonment. A lot of times when Paul actually wrote to a letter a letter to the church it was about warning of something that was being done wrong. But when he wrote this letter it was more of a letter of encouragement to the church because they have endured struggles. Paul endured struggles. He was imprisoned. But yet he wrote 
the church and wanted to encourage them to dig deeper into God's mercy, into unity, in humility, joy, and peace. So those are a couple of things that we're going to be looking at tonight. So we are going to start in chapter 2, verses 1 through 18. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his, from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit. First off, it is telling us we, are need, we need to be unified with Christ. That's where we give our lives to Christ. We ask God to forgive us of our sins and connect us to his body. If any tenderness, uh, tenderness and compassion, then my, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having this same love, being one in the spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfishness, ambitious or vain conceit, but in humility consider each other or uh, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as the Christ Jesus. Who, being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness. In that set of passage, one word really comes to mind. Compassion. Now, and Paul is trying to encourage us to have that compassion. He's telling us to be like Christ. You know, in this world today, we're too busy Worried about ourselves. We are too very busy, like I said, worried about what we got to get done instead of having compassion on others. A lot of times we don't even know what the word compassion means. And he very well just put out, put others before yourself. Put others' needs before you. You know, that's, that's not what we like to hear these days. But we have to put others before ourselves. In order to have the compassion, first you've got to have love for Christ. If you love Christ, you're going to have compassion for God's people. Because if you love the one that came to save us, because he came to save you, but also everyone else that ever has breathed. So in order to love him, we have to love others. Then, that's the second part. Love for Christ, and then we got to love for others. Second part of having compassion is we got to be humble. You know, there's been a lot of times as I've been, uh, been in the role as youth pastor where people have always came up to me and said, Brother Vincent, you've done a great job with these young people. You've done great things. 
through these kids. And you know, I'm not too proud to start saying, yeah, I know. Because it wasn't me. Because I can't change a person. I can't make a young person come to know Christ. I can only show them the way. And I have to be willing to lay aside my pride. I've got to lay aside my ego to know that it's not me. It's Christ working through me. And I've got to know that I don't need to get so big in myself that I quit listening to God. A lot of times that's the reason why we can't be used to God because we're not listening to him when he tells us to go do something. Say, I know God's not telling me to go give someone $20. That's what the church is for. No, that's what we are for. If God tells you to do something, then we are to do it. Whether we get the recognition or we don't. You know, a lot of times, it's better not to be noticed. Don't do it, don't do it just because you want someone to say, you've done a great job. Now, that's something that's always kind of been hard for me. Because I was always the shy one growing up. And so I didn't, I mean, I enjoyed the background work. When I was going to church as a teenager, I didn't mind coming in after, church, after school, setting up the chairs, setting up the uh, platform, setting up the sound system, and not get recognized because I was kind of shy. So that, that fit me. It's harder for me to stand and do what I'm doing tonight because that is definitely out of my comfort zone. I flunked speech class. But yet, I'm able to stand before you tonight proclaiming the gospel. Because I know I can't do it on my, on my own, so I have to rely on Christ. So being humbled enough to do whatever he calls us to do. And then put others first. Like I said, the best way for us to know what people are in need of is by talking to them. But yet, we don't want to get out of our comfort zones to even do that. We don't want to walk 10 steps to our neighbors to see how they're doing. To get to know them. We don't want to yell across the gas station and ask how someone else is doing. We don't want to take time out of our busy schedules to see if we could help someone. To share the love of God with someone. Where's our compassion? Where's our compassion? Let's continue to read. Starting of verse number 8. It says. And being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient. To death. Even death on the cross. Therefore God exalted him. To the highest place. And gave him the name. That is above every name. 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining. Hello. Did we really just read that? Do everything without complaining or arguing. So that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and deprived generation. In which you shine like stars in the universe. We are to be obedient. That's a word that we don't like to hear. Teenagers, can I say amen on that? No, just messing with you. But yes, growing up, there are times we don't like to be obedient to the parents. The parents tell us not to do something. All we hear is do it. But you know, God has called us to obey the authority above us. It doesn't matter if you're a child, a teenager that's growing up in your parents' home. Yes, you must obey your parents. But also as adults, we are to obey God and His leading our family. We are to obey our bosses. Sometimes that's really scary. I had some bosses that I'm like, I don't know if this is the right thing to do. In that case, you you got to make a choice. Does it line up with God's word? Or if I'm going to break God's word, I think I need to find a new job. But at the same time, whatever authority is over us, we must obey. Once again, we to have that compassion, God's telling us to reach out to our neighbors. God's uh, tell, uh, telling us to help someone financially or to take food to someone. We must obey. Don't pass it off to somebody else. We're real good about that. And I've heard it. I've been in pastor's office. Not Pastor CJ's, but I've been in some pastor's office and I've uh, seen uh, people come in and say, God told me that our church needs to do this. And this pastor, he's he's a little bit mature. He said, did God tell our church to do it or did he tell you to do it? You know, got to think about it. Because. Maybe what God is telling you to do is maybe a, a little bit out of your struggles or in struggles for you he may be trying to stretch your faith a little bit you know it's a challenge when god tells you to give a thousand dollars to a missionary but yet your bank account only had 900 you know 
But yet, God supplies every need. And if He's telling you to do something, He's going to meet that need. He's going to meet that need in that person's life, but He's also going to meet the need in your life. As long as you're willing. And you will be obedient. So to be obedient in God is just growing deeper in Him and allowing Him to work through us. And that's what God is calling us to do. And I want to hit just very briefly on this. Do everything without complaining. How many times have you been told to do something and you're like, I can't believe they asked me to do that. Did they really ask me to do something like that? I've said it. I said it to my mama one time. I learned real quick, don't say it to my mama. She asked me to go wash the dishes. I said, I know you didn't just tell me that. I had a fist on uh, coming through my head. I'll take that back. It wasn't her fist. It was just her hand. But anyway, she she got the point across. When she tells me to do something, don't complain. Just do it. And I'm thankful every day for a parent that did raise me to uh, want to do something they asked me to do because it really taught me later on in life. It was a good thing I learned how to wash dishes when I was a teenager and then because when when I got all, uh, got out on my own and went to college, I didn't have anybody to wash my dishes. So it kind of came in handy. But also, it started to prepare me for the jobs I was going to take. You know, if you start a job somewhere and your boss tells you, I need you to go over here and I need you to take care of this, I'll use a prime example of when I was working for Coca-Cola. It was totally out of what my job description um, entitled. All I was was a bulk merchandiser. All I had to do is go in, take whatever was in the back room, put it out on the shelf and displays in the Coke machines. My boss called me up one day and said, I need you to go over to a store an hour away from your, your site and I need you to take an order for me. Get it, make up an order that we can send to the stores. Technically, that was out of my job description. I didn't take orders. But what if I would have told my boss, I'm not going to do it because it's not in my job description. I probably wouldn't have been working. And he was that type of boss. You didn't do what he asked you to do, he would cut you loose in a heartbeat. But I said, yes, sir, I'll be on my way. And it was just to test me to see if I could put in an order because started after that, I got a promotion to take orders, be a sales rep for Coca-Cola. I didn't know he was testing me. So it could have been a lot worse if I would have tried to say, no, I'm not going to do it. But yet I was willing to do whatever was asked of me. So to be obedient. Starting in verse 16. As you hold out the word of life in order that I may boast on the day of Christ. 
of, yeah, of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. But even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Last point is to worship. To worship in spirit and truth at all times. Worship with everything that's within you. To worship in the good time and in the bad times. As I said before, Paul was actually writing this when he was in prison. And he was encouraging the church to worship. He was being punished. But yet, he said worship. A lot of people think of worship as just singing songs. But worship is so much greater than just singing. Not ever to downgrade our worship time and singing time. But we should worship in everything that we do. When we're on our jobs... We should do it the very best we can as of worship unto Jesus Christ. When we are with our family, we should worship with our family. Be the very best we possibly can to our family as we are doing it unto Christ. If we would take time out of every part of a day and whatever we're doing, whether we're on the job site, whether we're in school, whether we're just having some fun time with the kids, whatever it is, if we would just say, am I doing this as if I was doing this for Christ? I guarantee you, your mind thought would change. As I was preparing for this message, I began to reflect over the and it's really sad I'm, I'm getting to the age where i can say over the last 20 years that's really sad to say but i have started reflecting from the time i left high school started college started working for a living and i started seeing okay God has blessed me so much. He gave his life for me. What have I done to thank him for it? And you know, even though I've been in youth ministry for 13 years, I still feel like there's more that I ought to have done. Even today, I think if there's more I could do. One of the songs that we sung tonight simply said a little offering compared to Calvary. I could have got saved at one years old and lived my life to Christ each and every day of my life since then and saved millions of people. And guess what? That's only little compared to what God done on that cross. 
what Christ done on that cross for us. So why is it so hard for us to have compassion on someone? Someone that we find that is hurting. Why can't we pray for them? Why can't we give a little bit of ourselves to them? Because of what Christ done on that cross, why can't we obey His commandments and keep them dear to our hearts? Why can't we obey Him when He asks us to go step out and go across the aisle and just pray for someone to get out of the comfort zone to worship Him for just a little bit? And why is it so hard for, for us to find time in our day just to tell Him how great He is and worship Him and get into His presence? And I mean truly, truly get into His presence. Spending time in this Word, letting His Holy Spirit indwell us. <coughs> why is it so hard? It shouldn't be. But we as humans, we make it hard. I found out a lot of times we make things harder than it should be. We make it hard upon ourselves because we don't we want to try to do things on our own instead of doing it God's way. So how does a cow fit into all of this? If you take the first word to each point, the first letter out of each word for our first point, C, compassion. O, obedience. W, worship. Cow. So the next time you are out and about and you see a fellow believer Complaining about their boss. Just walk up to him. Moo. You know, you might want to make sure they listen to this message. Otherwise, they might think you're crazy. But that's all you have to remember. To know what God is wanting you to do. Be compassionate. Be obedient. And worship Him. How can we make it any simpler? Just follow what God has for us. Each and every day. You know I, I'm so thankful. And I'm just going to kind of. I know we're in thanks. I just got through with Thanksgiving. And. Uh, and getting into, into Christmas. So. Uh, still in that time of thankful and uh, if the worship team want to come on during this time but I just want to share a little bit of what I'm thankful for as we're closing out and uh, preparing for a time around the altars because I just want to brag on God is that okay you know when I finally 
got to the rock bottom of my life right before uh, for my second year of college. Hit rock bottom. And I knew that God was calling me into ministry, but yet I wanted to um, further my career and go into band directing. And I lost that battle. But I'm not disappointed one bit. As much as I love music, I love God even more. And I've been on a whirlwind ever since. Didn't know how I was going to get into ministry. I knew that's what God has wanted me to do, but I didn't know how to go about it. And I had a pastor friend of mine call me up and want me to become a youth pastor in a small country church outside of Monticello. I was like, you don't want me. All I know is what I've been taught. All I know is what I learned in Sunday school. What I've learned in youth group. I've never been to a Bible college. He said, I'm not worried about that. I just know God is calling you to do this. So I surrendered. And I went out to that little church and and I'm not bragging on myself, but I'm bragging on God about how He can change lives. When I got to that church, there was only six people in it and the youngest one was 55. I looked at that pastor and I said, why do you need a youth pastor? He had faith. And he had a vision. Reluctantly, I went on and accepted. And I started. And I served eight and a half years at that little country church. Seeing that church grow from no youth to 20. And some of those youth still contact me today and tell me how God is blessing them. That's not me, that's God. Left there and served at a little church in Southeast Arkansas called McGee First Assembly. God done it again. Took a youth group that was kind of dead and revived it. sent me on a missions trip while I was serving at that church to meet my wife. Got married about eight months later. And we left there and went to a little church outside of Hot Springs. Served three and a half years seen God do amazing things through the church, through the youth group. It was sad to leave that place. It was the first place I called full-time ministry. Thankful for the time. Be three years in May, I've been here. And God has blessed me 
abundantly. I don't have time to tell you all the stories of God, how God has used me and how God has used the kids I've been in contact with to change my life for eternity. And He still is changing my life. It's not about me changing these kids. It's about how God is changing me along with the ride. I'm so thankful for the opportunity that Pastor CJ and Sister Jen and the rest of the church allowed me to stand in and fill in as the youth pastor here for a little while. I'm so thankful for Pastor Ken, Sister Shelley, and the whole staff at New Beginnings for allowing us the privilege of getting to know these great kids. God has blessed me abundantly. If He, is, if he never does anything else for me, I could not praise Him enough for the opportunities that God has given me. And so I want to challenge you tonight to live by this little rule of this cow. To live your life with compassion, obedience, and worship unto God. So He can change this world. To get this world back where it needs to be. Whether while we're on earth or when we make it to heaven. But we should be worried about every soul that's not making it to heaven. We should be busy about trying to change those lives because God changed ours. So simply as a prayer time tonight, I'm asking everyone, everyone in this room, find a place in this sanctuary to find a place just to worship God for a little bit tonight. Let Him speak to you and you be obedient to what He says. And when we leave here, begin to have the compassion upon our world, upon our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, our family. Don't wait for someone else to reach out to them. Let's reach out to them ourselves. Let's find a place.